Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, welcome back to What's Business Australia's only live streaming business and markets channel. Great to have your company. Just got midday time for the call. Two experts, 10 stocks, 60 minutes. And uh, we kick off the week on a Monday with the dynamic duo. Nathan Somersandaram from uh, Blue Ocean Equities and Gaurav Sodi from Intelligent Investor. What will happen in the next 60 minutes, anyone knows. But let me tell you, it'll be a lot of fun and very informative. So good to have you guys aboard today. Great to be Always here. Thank look you. forward to, uh, to chatting to you two. Um, before we get into your 10 stocks, I pick a stock of the day that's in the news. Um, well, everyone knows I've got a conflict here, but I don't own the stock. Uh, I've cho- chosen Seven West Media. Why? Well, it's a stock that's been moving swiftly to uh, sell down its assets and cut its costs. If you work there, you know that. Um, <laughs> leading some analysts to believe it's almost out from under the, uh, the, um, the view of its lenders, its financiers at the moment. The broadcaster secured a strong deal with a pandemic-struck AFL while also recently offloading Pacific Magazines for $40 million, nabbed around $75 million for its office block and, and broadcast centre in Perth, um, and then also the talk is that um, Seven West uh, Venture Capital Group, which owns a slice of Airtasker, Society One, and a number of other digital platforms are up for sale as well. Offset that with the sector's collapse in advertising revenue following the COVID-19 restrictions. And um, they are clearing the decks to uh, try and bring debt down. Its uh, share price has been struggling for a while. Uh, Matham, what do you think of Seven West Media after selling all all these uh, assets and really making some hard decisions? Yeah, it's one of those sectors. It's interesting because um, you know this must be. I mean, Gurav must be salivating when you look at the stocks like this because it's been smashed. Yeah. Um, you know, everything is working against it. It is a classic shrink to greatness. You have to clean up. Uh, you got to sell non-core. You got to get your debt down. It's bad cycle economy going into recession, this is just working. Um, if, but if you look at the sector, the sector actually looks okay. The sector index actually is doing quite well. That's because the behemoths of realestate.com, for yep. some reason, car sales and seek are put into this, and those things are just absolutely flying. So if you remove those tech stocks, yep. they are classic old school tech. If you remove them out, the actual underlying sector is struggling yep. and has been struggling for a while. Um, look, it's, I'm now I'm one of those people, when you're looking at the data, the sector hasn't turned. There's still tough times ahead. The economy has got tough times ahead. But that, you know, people are beginning to realise that. And the, the old media sector is actually pricing that. So you're probably near some time at the bottom. But I tend to wait for things to improve. Yep. I'm willing to give the first 5 to 10% yep. to wait for things to improve and buy it because otherwise you could be sitting in a sector that's not doing much for a while. So I'm waiting for the underlying leading indicators to turn. They haven't yet. I think the market hasn't really grasped the, the, I suppose, the weakness in the economy yet. 
Yep. And I think it'll happen over the next three to four months, and this will offer a buying opportunity. Okay. This is a really difficult one because 10 years ago, this is exactly the kind of stock I would have loved to look at. It's one that's universally hated. Everyone knows the problems that the sector has and what this specific company has. Um, And and management are aware of it. They're taking steps to address it. Um, So everyone knows all that, right? And it's in the price. And the old me would have wanted to, um, you know, come up to some sort of breakup value of this business and um, and perhaps it's cheap on a breakup value and management has sort of talked about taking those steps to realize that value. But I don't think that's the way you make great returns in the market. Um, you know, breaking up businesses and trying to collect the residual is an okay game to play for people and it can work. And in fact, I've, I've done it myself many times in the past. But what I've learned over the years is that um, Sitting there in a stock and watching it compound and compound, that is a better playbook than trying to break up businesses and trying to collect the residual. Right. And this is not a compounder. This is not a grower. This is a company whose own, your best option as an investor here is to break the business up and collect pieces of it. And it's just not a very attractive game, especially at this stage of the cycle where I actually think there's still opportunities available. And um, I think there are better strategies to pursue, better stocks to look at. This is a... In 10 years' time, I'd be surprised if this exists, mm. um, this business. It, it's, it's got a whole host of problems that everyone knows about, but just because people know about them doesn't mean they're going away. Um, right. And for me, this is just um, It's been avoid. mooted as a takeover potential, uh, they consolidation. Always are. Yeah. They always are. I mean, think about what happened to ACP. You know, yeah. that, that was taken over and the old owners got a lifeline and the new owners got stuck with a bomb. Um, And and I fear that's what this is. This is a a ticking time bomb. No one under the age of 30 watches television anymore. We know where the trends and the demographics are going and they're actually accelerating. Um, Sports and news is the last refuge of traditional media. Sports is being bid up and news is expensive. so I don't think that's the salvation here. I would rather, okay. there's a whole host of other businesses I would rather look at. There, okay. there, there is a trade in it, but it's not now. Right. There is a, the economy, <laughs> if you look at what the market is pricing in for the economy, they've already priced in a V-shaped recovery, yep. which I think it's hard at the best of time. Right now, when you've already priced it in, I think it's insane to go in for that bet. Yep. So for me, there's still more downside to the economy. When that happens, media is one of those things, it's a classic cyclical trade. So when things really clean out and things start to improve, media stocks will fly. So another one I'd mention in, in the same category is O-Media. Yep. Right. Nobody's going out, so it's a kind of a pointless <laughs> one at this point. But when things turn, this will be three, four times it could potentially run. But that's yep. the difference between it a, is. a structural, exactly. um, so, a structural so problem, problem and a cyclical is, problem. Yeah, so yeah. everything in the media, all media has been thrown out. Mm. So there will be options. Seven West will run when the economy turns around. Won't run as much, but will run. Our media will probably run more. But again, all of these things have been thrown out. I'm not saying they're bad investments. It's just not now is not the time, time to jump to in there. Okay. So all right. Thank you for that. That's our stock of the day. Let's take a look at your 10 stocks. All right, Nathan Somersandaram from Blue Equity, um, Blue Ocean Equities, Gaurav Sodi from Intelligent Investor are joining us on the call today. Let's get stuck into your top 10 stocks that you've sent through. Uh, the first one, Nathan, uh, comes from Karen. 
on Ansel, uh, which is um, basically a, a protective now glove business. Yes. Everyone used to have a bit of a snigger because it was the big condom manufacturer, but they sold that in 2017. Sexual well-being. Uh, sexual, sexual wellness. Sexual wellness, <laughs> all right. Yes. Sexual wellness business. Uh, now they just um, have five on a hand yeah. instead <laughs> of the single true? one. Um, but Nathan, it's... Um, has a lot of followers, doesn't it? Yes. Uh, well-run business. It is a well-run business. Um, it, funnily enough, it's in a healthcare sector, but it's not a healthcare stock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think because of the history of wellness, uh, it was attached to it. But it's really a, a manufacturing cycle um, stock. So the more manufacturing happens, more health and safety, it tends to trade. You can pretty much, if you look at historic, historical data, it pretty much trades with the PMIs. Right. Now, Gee, it's flying now. Though, it is flying it? because it's, it's flying. got the free kick from COVID. Yeah. So the more COVID problems, the more health and safety, Ansel's doing better and better. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I think um, it got slaughtered. We put it in the model. Um, I think it's around the mid to low 20s. Um, um, sorry, around mid 20s after yeah. it bounced back. Uh, had a good update. It's been running. We actually took it out around 36, 37 out of the model um, because in our relative valuations, that was pretty high up. Yep. It's run higher. Um, look, I can understand why, but uh, you know, it can fall straight back to 30 bucks uh, because it just right now people are just paying, overpaying for growth. I think it's a good quality, uh, look, I'd say it's a high quality business in the right side of the cycle. So a lot of things working for it. Um, so it's priced for that. Um, yeah. I wouldn't jump in now. You're paying way right, too much too for the high. stock. But it's, it's, look, if it comes back to anywhere near the low 30s, yep. you should be looking to buy into it. Okay. It's a good quality business. Yeah, well, we bought this at lower levels and sold it, um, and it was a mistake to sell it. We flirted with the idea it was a mistake at the time, but we had better ideas and we put our money into that. Um, it's a, it's, this is a business that often gets overlooked, I think, by quality hounds. It, it doesn't scream quality because, it, as Nathan says, it's actually a manufacturer, and the rubber price moves around margins quite a bit. So when you look at the numbers on this, I think you miss the quality because there's a lot of volatility. But you need to understand that the volatility is because of input prices, and they capture that again with price changes over the course of the cycle. So if you look at returns, um, you can see that this business captures very good returns. Um, and it's number one on two in every single category it operates in. There are huge barriers to entry. You can't just start up a glove business and start selling. Um, there are, are actually very strict um, regulatory requirements to meet. Yeah. And to actually get inside um, over all those hurdles and get get um, your distribution because they're different around the world too. Aren't they're they? different so around the world. You don't yes. have one global uh, sort of regulator. You got to go to every country and they've done it. And the beautiful thing about this company is that it sells a low value product with a high risk attached to it. So no one thinks mm-hmm. about their gloves or cares about them until something goes wrong with them. And because yeah. it's a high risk um, problem, if they go wrong. Companies are willing to pay a little bit of a premium for them. They don't switch suppliers very much. This needs to be a well-managed business because it has to deal with a whole host of regulatory and safety issues, and fortunately it is. Um, We don't own it anymore. Um, I I actually think the price is okay. For more conservative investors, I still think this this price is reasonable. Uh, For us, we're after higher returns, so I would not be buying myself, but I can see a sensible case for buying this at this price. Okay. All right, our second stock comes from, uh, from Greg. Uh, Vortiv, I haven't known much about this mm. company, um, focused on the financial services sector, um, operates ATMs and bill payment systems in India. Yeah, this is 
for me, I've never heard about this either. So no. only, this is, I'm speaking from a very short look at it. Um, my apologies if I get something wrong, but from my very quick look at it, this to me looks like a business that's built the wrong way around. Right. You know, most companies um, are trying to solve a problem and they create a product to solve a problem. That is the very first test of a business. What problem are you trying to solve? This is a company where a bunch of people came together and thought, thought about a theme. They wanted a, a sort of a, a tech cybersecurity payments theme, and then they went off and bought businesses to match that theme. Uh -huh. They're not trying to solve a problem, they're trying to create a product, and that product is aimed squarely at investors. This is a business entirely, in my view, um, only interested in getting its share price up, not trying to serve a customer, not trying to solve a problem. I'm not interested in this kind of company. That's not to say that it won't be a success, it may yeah. well be, yeah. but our whole game is we want to invest alongside strong businesses and grow with them. Yeah. Um, this is not that kind of business mm. and not that kind of strategy. Yeah, this is the one I said there wasn't much detail right. in the virus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I did, I did a bit of digging. Um, basically, their recent rally on the stock is driven by their cybersecurity part. Mm. Um, 70% of it, of the cybersecurity part is um, government. Right. So it's got that bingo words right now. That's right. I mean, the, the, the biggest thing oh, right now. that one cent to 22 cents. Exactly. Yeah. So, the, three months, right? so the whole cybersecurity, there is TNT, uh, CPT, um, I can rattle out a few, I think WHK, Senatas, SEN, all of these guys have been in uh, cybersecurity. <laughs> in, been in uh, um, cybersecurity. Right. They've been in cybersecurity, some of these guys like Senatas and Kavada, uh, for years, for yep. decades. Um, execution is very tough. Uh, the great thing that happened to this uh, very small sector is um, the government came out and threw out billions at it. Now, yep. government always says these things, Yep. The actual going and doing is a different thing and they always take time because most of the time the government, the guys who actually come up with the policy have absolutely no idea what they're talking about. Um, it's, you know, they want to sound techie, so they use word, these bingo <laughs> words and then the businesses use those bingo words in Iris. You can search, uh, you know, it's like the lithium or the graphite. You get these bingo words and you go boom. So right now, nobody's <laughs> doing a lot of CapEx. So yep. anyone where the government throws out money, like today, for example, they talked about recycling. Yep. And so all the recycling, recycling stocks are suddenly of interest to everyone. <laughs> yeah. So it's the government money that's pushing a lot of these stocks. So again, they've gone into cybersecurity. It is a very interesting place. I've looked at it for a number of years. Execution has been really, really tough. Yep. Um, some of these guys have done it globally and struggled. You've got to remember, everyone around the world is trying to do this, no, and right. everyone around the world is also trying to break it. So it's a tough one. Do we know much about their management, whether they actually I, have the nous to... Yeah, again, this is, there's not a lot out there right. on the management, and you know their, their revenues are pretty small. It's a micro-cap, high-risk execution. This is a very early stage. You, right. you know, unless you know enough about the management and you're going to back them to build a business over a number right. of years, this is a tough play. When the music stops, there's not a lot of liquidity. So, right. you know, be careful when you're in these kind of stocks. Okay. And every time Scott Morrison talks about China hacking into us, we've got to which, which spend is, more money on it. Exactly. So there's about a half price. a dozen stocks that, you know, literally run 20, 30, 40% on Right. That. Okay. All right. Okay. So uh, avoid that, Greg, but thanks for the suggestion. Uh, and that suggestion comes from Abby. This is... Do you pronounce it IVE or IVE? Um, I've yeah, I've group. I've group. The, uh, basically, uh, a printer does everything from catalogues to mm. uh, uh, point of sale material, postage, 
posters and signage. Um, interesting business, been around for a while. Yeah, sort of fairly old fashioned. Yeah, look up. I have to say, oh, when yeah. I when I first started uh, working uh, when I was a uni student, I used to deliver pamphlets. It was a great business model, mm. tax free dollars, <laughs> right. um, and I used to keep me fit. Um, right. So, so you just didn't dump them. No, no, you actually no, did I, put I, them I, in I the learner boxes. Yeah, look, I got pretty. I, I was pretty <laughs> quick so when, the, when, the, when the dogs come out. You, you learn to run really fast. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I was fit. Um, look, it's an interesting business, but it's it's it has its place. But I think the technology is changing. The platforms are changing. It's a tough to see how this will be in the future. This was the other one was uh, PMP. Avato now, um, yeah. and yeah, yeah it, you had this market. Everyone believed that both of them were so well, and they weren't so well, and then they got slaughtered. Um, look, I, I think you're picking a tough game here for the mm. turnaround on these things. Mm. I think it gets tougher and tougher for them. The cycle is against them. The the, the transition in the industry is against them. There's yeah. more and more online play, so it's going to get tougher and tougher. Everyone's got their own, um, I suppose, the, 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 what do they call them? The, everyone's got their freedom points and all yeah. of these point systems in their cards and they're marketing through that. So there's a lot that's moving away. Um, so I think it's going to be really tough. I'm not trying to pick the turn on these stocks. Um, I think WLL has been one of the better ones out of this group, but uh, I'm not chasing Has this they been taken stuff. over now, Wellcom? I'm not sure, actually. No, maybe. I know, mm. maybe, maybe not. Yeah. What do you think about? Oh, geez, this this brings back a lot of painful memories um, for me. In particular, I was the analyst on uh, the competitor PMP, which is now Avato, and I blew up a lot of money, um, and we learned a lot of painful lessons. Um, PMP was a foundation piece of research for me because I came to it very confidently, and I was completely wrong at every stage. Um, and I learned a lot of lessons from it. So let's, uh, I'll try and distill yeah. this as yeah. briefly as possible. We did a lot of work on this. The, um, and Nathan, this sounds like therapy. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> We're there. Lie the, down, the, the take scars, a breath. <laughs> the scars run deep. We'll only try $600 an hour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the first thing to note is that catalogs is actually a really good business. Um, the volume of catalogs has slowly been increasing, even though all other printing and publishing yeah. has been demolished. And that yeah. was the insight that got us interested here. Yeah. And previously, the catalog business had about five competitors and all of them were kind of losing money um, except there was this business called PMP which was generating huge free cash flow and we looked at this company and thought it was trading at two or three times um, earnings and we thought well if they can use that free cash flow to buy competitors they can consolidate the industry shut down capacity lift utilization and raise margins yep. it's a beautifully thought out thesis I did all the numbers and all the work on it and it actually happened we watched our investment double and then almost triple um, as the, the business used its free cash flow to buy competitors. Five competitors turned into two, um, Avato, PMP, and Ive Group. And then we thought, great, this is, they're going to do it. Now they're going to start raising prices, getting margins up, and uh, we're going to make money out of this. Yeah. And it just did not happen. Um, these two started competing just as fiercely as the five competitors did. Mm -hmm. um, because the, when you're in a very capital-intensive industry that relies on the extra bit of utilization to give you margin, they both chase work aggressively. So prices started falling, they had to buy new equipment, they had to take on debt. Huh. It was just a disaster. And it really taught me that when you're, you know, when you're investing, it's, it's not really about the numbers. The numbers look pretty good here on, on both fronts. It's really about some of the soft, soft stuff, you know, the, the management, the competitive position, the moats. That's where we lost out here. And that's the stuff you've got to think about. If you're just sitting there looking at numbers, um, I think you're going to make a lot of mistakes like mm. I did. 
Right. Um, this is a well-managed business that yeah. actually does its job very well. Yeah. Um, it's done way better than PMP. So not only did I pick the wrong industry, pick the wrong stock in the wrong industry, <laughs> uh, it's actually performed reasonably well. But I, I just think this yeah. is not the sort of place we want to put our money as investors. It's fought and tough and difficult. Uh, it's a hard job. So I would avoid this, even though it's actually a, a, an okay and, little and, business. And while there will always be demand for brochures and flyers, point of sale material, um, posters and signage, sort of the way retail and businesses are going, you know, they're going for Facebook ads mm. rather than flyers and booklets. And there are less stores now because all of a sudden the ones who didn't realise it before, oh, people are buying online. And, um, and some of these printers cost $20, 30000000 million. I, thought, I saw one yeah, of them have, huge, has a $60 million printer. Yeah. What happens once your volume starts to fall that you're printing? Um, your entire business model starts right. to slowly okay. erode. Yeah. It's a tough game. I, right. I would just avoid even this. the printers. I mean, one of the things I learned from our office is like when you want to get printers, you have to sign up for years. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So even if you shut your business, you've got a yeah. contract that you've got to pay right. for years. Yeah. So yeah. just a simple fact of a printer mm. can log you into thousands of dollars of cost for a basic business just because you've signed long-term leases. Yeah. So it's amazing how cost um, inefficiency is in that business. Mm. So when the machine turns around and there's no demand, you still got to pay for all of these costs. So, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a really tough market. Hard game. All right, Abby, there you go. Great suggestion. Oh, and I feel much better now. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yes. <laughs> it's like got, a weight off yes, the shore. Yes, it is. <laughs> I'll use it later. Oh, uh, yes, I'm, I'm sure you will. That was very dangerous to admit that. Yes, <laughs> um, our full stock today comes from Peter Kallix. Um, now, okay, I'm just going to rattle off what the company says about it. What it means, I've no idea. It has a kiln in Becker's Marsh in Victoria that produces mineral honeycomb, which um, captures CO2. Um, is that it? What yeah, for? it's a, it's a uh, carbon capture model. Right. Um, yeah. I, look, I have to say, I don't know a lot about it. Uh, what I've read through, um, the, there's some... You know, there's certain flags that pop up and it always worries me. Yeah. Uh, first one, it's been listed for about two years yep. and it's gone nowhere. So it's IPO'd and pretty much gone sideways ever since. And the second flag that worries me is Canaccord just initiated on it. Right. Um, <laughs> You're so cynical. I know. <laughs> 25 years in the market, yeah. it kind of tells me something. Right. So a stock that hasn't done anything for you know, two years yeah. suddenly gets a broker covering it Oh, I'll just take a guess and say there's a cap raising coming. Right. Um, so if you, I don't know this, the, this thematic is, sounds good and everyone thinks it's important and, you know, but, you know, in Australia, we've never had an energy policy. Everyone just yeah. fights about it. Yeah. Uh, so I don't see the upside, big upside. Now, when it comes to what I'm potentially thinking is going to happen, there's a cap raising coming. So if you wanted to play in it, buy a couple of shares and then you can uh, get access to the SPP and you'll get a discount to the current price anyway. Um, but look, it's not a sector that interests me. I think there's too many regulatory problems. You're basically betting on a government settling into a policy, which I think more chance of me growing wings and flying away. Right, okay. So. Look, I'm, I'm not as um, down on the model. Um, from my understanding, and I actually don't, I must admit, I do not understand this business. Yeah. But from what my limited grasp is they have a manufacturing process that can ma manufacture heavy industrial output, things like cement, uh, concrete, and things like that, and do it at a much lower environmental cost. 
Yeah. I can see how that can be very mm. attractive um, for lots of companies trying to meet regulatory emission standards and, and all of that. So it's originally backed by Washington. Well, that's correct. Well. I, I noticed that. Yeah, they're no, so they're no duds. Yeah. Um, that's right. There's been about $60 million worth of R&D poured into this over the last um, what, six or seven years or so. That's had, so it's a decent level of uh, R&D. This is not just some, uh, some stonk. Um, yeah. you know, there, there's a real, I think there's a real business being built here. It's just not quite ready. It's not quite there yet. Um, I think it's, it's still in a very capital intensive phase. For me, this is just a, a narrative story stock for the moment, um, and it may take off. In their presentations, they're trying to solve lots of different problems, um, and they have huge addressable markets. It's just very ambitious without really being um, um, nuanced or specific on what exactly they're trying to do. Um, it's not an investable for me, um, but uh, look, there's, there's something interesting yeah. happening here, yeah. um, and it might be worth keeping an eye on. I think the thematic is key, Mm. But we don't have clarity in how that will convert into dollars. I don't so, understand the revenue yeah, model. Yeah, so th that's um, yeah. the problem here. Right. I think at some point this will be. Yep. Um, and it's, the question is, where do you get it? It's, it's a bit like, I mean, it's completely different, but it's a bit like a biotech. They take a oh, long yeah. time, mm. consume a lot of capital. And again, it's a bit like data centers as well. They take a lot of capital, a lot of time to build it, get the customers. And when that execution starts to flow, boom. That's when right? you get into That's it. That's when you get in. Yeah. You do not want to be there when <clears throat> they're spending money, spending money, mm. and if there's execution problem, they're going to spend more money, and the initial shareholder just gets diluted and diluted and diluted and diluted. Yeah. But they're not the only ones trying to, yes. to lower emissions in manufacturing. Sure. Everyone is trying to do it. Yep. There's no guarantee this is the way that's going to succeed. It's possible, yes. and for that, if you want to take a punt, it, you might make a lot of money, but sure. this is not really an investment. Okay. Mm. All right. Thank you for that suggestion, Peter. Our fifth stock comes from Richard Max 7 uh, technologies. Um, this is health, in the healthcare business um, and it's uh, a management system for, for imaging, isn't it? All your x-rays and ultrasounds and things like that. They've described it as a mini Prometicus and that already just troubles me. Every time a business is called the next something else. And he calls me you know? cynical. <laughs> oh, no. hey, uh, but the worst thing was I was going to use that line once again oh, no. to try and show off. But now he's just shot me down and I'm just staying silent, which is a good lesson for me. Yeah, sorry, still your thunder. You need to get in there no, nice no, and early. No. <laughs> um, look, it's actually kicking goals. The revenue line's growing. Um, it looks like they have a real product that serves a real purpose and that has value because difficult yep. customers are signing onto it and, yep. and things are happening. I'm just... I'm just a little bit tired of yet another SaaS Medcare stock trading at 15 times revenue. You know, how many of these have we come across now? It's starting to feel very, um, look, it's not bubbly. I don't think it's crazy. These are good business models. Um, and when they work, they work beautifully. But geez, there's a lot of them. And the valuation on all of them, almost without discernation, is, is rising. I mean, you've got to, the, the ones that work will work well, but not all of them will work. And I think we're going to be careful about the prices we're starting to pay for some of these things. Yeah, see, look at, look at that five-year chart yeah. just in the last 12 months. Yeah. Look, I don't know this. months, it's, it's gone through the roof. And, and maybe the fundamentals justify that, but there's yeah. a lot of businesses in this space with similar charts, with similar valuations. Right. They can't all be winning. Um, I, I like the sector, not specifically the, uh, I suppose, the SaaS portion of it. Uh, part of it, it's more the, the diagnostic imaging sector. Yep. They uh, have been 
literally killing it. Um, so IDX is the best of the lot. Um, and then you've got uh, Capital Health, which is a poor man's IDX. Um, and then you've got, um, you know, I suppose the early stage ones like Envision. Then you've got T-Leaks. Uh, these guys play on the same thematic. Yeah. Now, the shutdown absolutely smashed this sector down. So you had, you know, you could have picked up IDX, I think it's $1.50 odd. And yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, and, and it's and it ran yeah. to four fifty. Oh, yeah, I had in my model when it get down to two below two, you buy it, and then it ran back up. Uh, we were out at four forty odd, I think, on our model valuations. Look, it's expensive, yeah. but it's a high quality business. The numbers are telling you that people are returning, mm -hmm. and this is not a elective per se. It's more you have to get it done. So even if there is a shutdowns, lockdowns, then the people play catch up. So yeah. the revenue plays well. Um, Capital Health is the poor man's IDX. Um, it's recovered. I think they raised money at 15 cents. It was 20 cents. Now it's, I think it's about 26, 27. So you made a good gain if you went into the raising. Uh, they've all pretty well capitalized. I think there's more acquisitions in play for both of them. They'll rise. So the whole sector is doing well. Mm. Um, Mac is getting on the back of that. Um, yeah. And I think, look, it's, I think it is a good business. I think the thematic is really interesting. I think the whole sector is doing well and they're benefiting from that. Would I be buying in where it is now? Probably not. I'm not chasing for what it is because um, you know, it's really good, yeah. but the other guys have concrete businesses and they're already priced to the growth that yeah. they potentially could deliver. Um, this is priced into a fair bit. So yeah. I'm not chasing tech stocks right now. I think tech stocks are pricing in multi-year growth. And some of them are multi-pricing in three to five year growth. Execution is always risky. There's always things that could happen in the macro that'll change it around. So I'm, I don't, I'm not into the buying three, five years out growth rate, and this is out there. So I'm not buying it right now, but I think it's a good business. If it comes back, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a fan. See, is this one of the lessons for investors as well? Because um, once a stock goes, every, everyone looks for, uh, this is the baby A2, yes. or the baby yes. ProMedicus, yes. or the baby yeah. Tech One, or whatever. The next Altium. Yeah, next, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. So is it always better, even though it looks expensive, to stick with the blue chip, the market leader, you, you, right from the very start? History tells you, and data is completely with this, it's a classic example of you buy Ainsworth or you buy Aristocrat, Yeah. right? You just buy Aristocrat. And it doesn't matter that you're paying the multiple you're paying because it is good and it yeah. delivers and they've got the track record and the management, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's the same with IDX. It's the best, yeah. right? The question is risk return. For me, overall, the market has reached such high valuation. The upside in the market is limited. So you were probably in a multi-year cycle where it's kind of going up and down. Right. So you have to trade the stocks to get the value out of them. Right. So in that context, I don't want to be sticking to really crowded trades with high multiples because you just need one or two yeah. fund managers to get out and the price comes back. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I think the Max Evans probably got a multi-year growth story, but what's priced in is already multi-year growth story. Yeah. So yeah. The, what, we, what we got with Altium two, three years ago is that people did not see the multi-year growth story. Right. Now the people know about the multi-year growth story. Now we're pricing almost every stock in a multi-year growth yeah. story. So that's okay. the... That's the difference. So I think you need to understand the macro and then understand where this is priced in. So someone like an IDX, I think has, or capital has the capacity to acquire other businesses and add to their growth. Yeah. Where for these guys, I think it's already there, priced mm. in. 
I think you gotta be careful not to let your emotions dictate your investment decisions. And I can see how that can happen in this case. You know, we've all seen ProMedicus, this incredible success story, yeah. and people have regrets. They may have looked at it, like as I did, at three bucks and not bought it. Yeah. And there's all this regret and recrimination, and oh, I should have done it. And then you see another one that's on the same trajectory. And instead of looking at that business independently and judging it by itself, all your regret and your hope that you lost on, on the one that got away gets poured into this new idea. And that, that is what we have to try and avoid here. They're not going to get caught next time. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, and you that do. is very true. Psychology yeah. is big in financial investing. Yeah. When you invest, I, I would say it's, it's, it's bigger. I, I think the analysis is the easy part. The analysis yeah. is 40% of the work, and it's not the hard work. The hard work is the psychology, and it's yeah. a bigger part of it, and it's a harder part of it. All right. So there you go, Richard. Great analysis on Max 7 there. Let's just recap uh, stock of the day and first five stocks, uh, a no for 7 West Media. Um, Ansel, a yes from uh, from Gaurav, good business for uh, conservative investors. For Nathan, it's a yes around $30. Uh, Vortex, uh, a no, uh, Ivor, no, uh, Colix, a no, and Max uh, Max 7 Technology and no as well. Uh, just a bit of a programming note for you, a new report from Deloitte this morning, urging the government to provide more economic supporters, JobKeeper and JobSeeker payments and the end of September. Uh, Chris Richardson, Deloitte Access Economics Partner, is flagging the state of the economy is dependent on the success to contain the virus and reopening of the economy if you haven't caught up. Uh, New South Wales has just closed its border to Victoria. Uh, Chris Richardson is coming up in the next hour around 1.15, so tune in for that. Let's get back into uh, the second half of the top 10 for your suggestions for the call today and uh, make them vital harvest. It, it's basically a REIT, isn't it? Real Estate Investment Trust in agricultural um, assets, property assets. Yeah, Costa Group. Um, mm. It's yep. their land. Their land, um, yep. <laughs> look, it's, it's, mm. Costa has gone through tough times, that's to put it mildly. Um, but Vital Harvest, is, it's not too bad. Uh, I think uh, the, uh, my gut feel is there's probably a private equity play coming for Costa Group um, or one of the global players will take it up pretty cheap ah. and then rebuild it. Um, I think this trust is okay. I think it got thrown out, uh, you know, throwing the baby out with the bathwater type thing. I don't think it's cheap anymore, but um, it, it's, well, it's nearly doubled um, from the bottom. So it's it's done okay. Um, it's not something that I look at and say, wow, that's a great one. I should get into this stock. Right. But there's a if price. You're, if you're after a REIT. Yeah, if you're yeah. after a REIT, this is interesting. Mind you, I've got plenty of other REITs before I get to this one. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, this is not the, the <clears throat> high quality REIT, but look, I think it's okay. Uh, if you're holding it, I think it's okay. Um, I think there's potentially, um, you know, restructure of some sort with Costa Group in play, and that probably mm. will improve outlook. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm not. The risk return just doesn't stack up on me. Okay. So we're actually doing work on this until ah. about uh, a week ago because I think this was an interesting idea. Um, so the story behind this, very quickly, is that um, when the Costa family floated Costa Group, they actually held onto the land. And they then put in lease agreements um, uh, between Costa and the and the landowner. Right. And then they then turned around and they spun the land off into a REIT and they kept the management of the land. I think it's a very clever move by the family. It shows you 
that they understand where the cream is in this segment. It's not actually in selling the berries. It, it, it is partially in owning the land, but the best part of it is actually in managing um, the, the finances Hang behind on. Just it. Just to get this right, <coughs> the family floated yeah. the berry business. Yes, yeah. Hang on, hung on to the land. Yeah. Hung on to the land, yep. then floated the land, they, they had and a joint hung on to the management rights as a family. As a as a fund manager, oh. yeah, as a yeah, fund manager. Like that's it's that's like, very smart. It's, it's yeah. how you float one multiple times. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it's like what a broker would do. You know, get, it, clip the ticket so number of times. There's, there's another chapter of this story, actually. Yeah. It's that they've recently sold the management rights to a third party. Oh. So they're out of it altogether now. And they sold it to a business called Prime West. Now, Prime West is a shopping mall real estate developer right. who knows nothing about agricultural land. Right. They've come up with this new strategy, which I've never heard of, of, of let's go and buy some agricultural land. My suspicion is, and I'm, <laughs> I might be unfair, but my suspicion is they've woken up one morning and thought, geez, uh, these shopping centres and office blocks are pretty quiet. Let's go buy a farm. Right. And I think that's just what they've done. They've just gone and bought wow. this. They own um, a Cornerstone 12% stake, I think, now in Vital Harvest. My suspicion is, and the reason we've kind of stopped working on this now and moved on to other ideas, is that they're going to use this as a vehicle for expanding their agricultural aspirations. Right. And I, that disturbs me greatly because I don't think the expertise is quite there. Right. Um, okay. So this, this company has changed from what it was even a month ago when we first started looking at it. A month ago, it was an interesting idea with a complex um, lease agreement that I think had residual value. Um, and it was trading attractively. And I think by the time I'd finished pitching it, I could have convinced the team to buy it but we're not interested anymore. Okay, all right. So uh, Samuel, a no on Vital Harvest there and um, really underlying that Frank Costa is a really good businessman. Smart. Uh, The the whole family, of course, former president of uh, the Geelong AFL Club. Um, (laughs) Our next stock, our seventh stock, Infratil, a New Zealand-based investment company, basically, um, Mm. founded by a... um, sort of uh, a well-known New Zealand entrepreneur. They own a share of Wellington Airport and a whole bunch of electricity generators, retailers, telco networks. It's a, an interesting new... Is it a New Zealand equivalent? I'm trying to think of I what reckon, it would be I reckon it's of. like Brookfield, the Canadian ah, Brookfield. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that's Z- what struck me. Yeah, yeah. all right. I what actually, I, I know the name Infotrol. We've seen them yep. floating around. I didn't realise they were listed. So my thank you to the um, viewer who bought to this Larry? up. To Larry. To Larry. Thank you, Larry. Um, this is a really interesting looking business. I must have never looked at this and they've only taken a quick look at it so far. But there are some interesting assets here. Yeah. Um, they just uh, co-bid with Brookfield on acquiring all of Vodafone New Zealand. Um, yeah. They own a bit of Canberra data centers, a bit of um, a hydroelectric um, power generator, a bit of um, solar power generation. Um, there's some good stuff here. Um, it's, it's quite complex, and going through the accounts quickly, I could make no sense of it. So I think you have to really sit down and yeah. try and understand um, how much money actually flows to this company and what they do with the free cash flow that they get. But there's enough here to work with. I'm, I'm quite interested in this. Um, the other thing I'll, I'll quickly mention is that uh, Infratrol has built its, a good track record. They were behind the float of a business called Z Energy, which we've looked yes. at in the past. They bought that from a retreating um, Shell International, who thought New Zealand was too small, so they sold it for a pittance. Infratrol picked it up, turned it, their money around five times over within four years, made five times the money in four years on fixing this thing. And I, my suspicion is that Vodafone International has looked at New Zealand and thought, this is a crappy little market, let's get out, 
and Infotrol and Brookfield has snapped up Vodafone, and mm. I think a similar yeah. offering might be going. I think this is interesting. Yeah, that energy is basically your Caltech slash Ample yeah. of New Zealand. Yeah, um, well managed. Though. Yeah, well managed. Mm -hmm. um, uh, look, New Zealand tends to be a test case for a lot of things. So people tend yes. to try out business models there because yeah. yeah. it's limited damage. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit like COVID. <laughs> you, gotta you, you can only you can do things, and if it doesn't work, you can just run away. Um, but so there's a lot of models that get built, and then people leave, and these guys are good at buying up the pieces. Uh, this actually gets categorized more like a renewable energy stock, but it's got a lot of other pieces to it. They're, mm. they're pretty much a private equity play. Private equity, private I agree. Equity play. Yeah. So, right. Oh, look, I, I think. Look, the, the two in Australia that I think the best listed uh, private equity players are West Farmers and Macquarie. Mm -hmm. right. And mm -hmm. you have to put these guys in that category from mm -hmm. what I've seen. Yeah. So, yeah, look, I'm a buyer. Um, I think uh, it is one I would buy and hold. They've got interesting assets. Their track records tells me they, they know what they're doing. Um, if they, you know, they don't go left field, yeah. um, they tend, to, tend mm -hmm. to have a strategy. And New Zealand, because of what happens with things like that energy and so forth. It's people do things and then they leave it because their trial has worked out. Yep. And then these guys pick up the pieces, flip it and make. We've got a rule in the office and it's a quite a serious rule. Um, we, we, we say that every time a, a tech business from New Zealand comes up, yeah. automatically go have a look at it. Yeah. Just right. think about how many great tech businesses have come oh, from New Zealand. Yeah. So it is push pay has been yeah. a bane of my life. Yeah, well, we looked at it, didn't buy it. Yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> well, look, there's been a few that's blown up, but most yeah. of them, I'd say 80% of them, have done really well. Yeah. So, oh, look, I like New Zealand stocks, okay. and this is one, yeah, mm. you have to put it up. Okay. There. All right, Larry, thank you for suggesting that. That's mm. a beauty for us to follow. Um, our next stock has been suggested by uh, Mabel Nathan Osforex, the old um, um, foreign exchange, or not old foreign exchange, mm. it's an online foreign exchange and, and payments company. Yeah, it's... OFX, is it? it OFX, yeah, it's, it's one of those ones where I think the, the recent, uh, not, really not that recent, but uh, the CEO currently is, I like him. He, yeah. he talks well, he understands the business. Yeah. It's a it's a good business, but there's a lot of competitors that are yeah. undercutting it. And the one that it's a game changer for me was looking at a lot of fintechs. Um, there's a lot of fintech banks. Um, now they're offering you basically free foreign exchange. Yeah, yeah. 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 So their catch is, you know, they're, obviously with everyone is trying to got a hook, they put the bait and you come in for that. The fintechs to get your accounts onto their mm. platform is, you can have free foreign exchange. Mm. I'm sitting there going, if someone's giving you free something, and there's <laughs> the other guy whose business is based on that model, that's not good. Yeah. Um, so in that context, I think they are going to get bitten off here and there. The banks are getting chomped on a lot of easy high margin models by fintechs. Mm. Uh, this is something that they just gouge on. So my guess is as the pressure gets on, they'll have to look at all the other models and go, okay, we, we've ignored this, but we better do better in this. So right. they're gonna come down from the top end, taking out the big clients. Fintechs are taking out the smaller clients. So their marketplace for us, Forex, is always gonna be under pressure. Right. The other thing that you can, it's, it's also a trading stock. You can trade it for three to four months when you, when you see substantial, uh, escalation of um, foreign exchange volatility. So at this point, we haven't had too much volatility in recent times, yeah. but I think we're going to go into a cycle where there will be a substantial move in the Aussie dollar and the US dollar. So there will be volatility. It will drive some um, recovery cycle in the stock, 
but yeah, structurally, I'll, I'm just uh, scared of this right. stock. Okay. <laughs> We've actually um, briefly owned this, and um, I think we lost a little bit of money on it, um, but nothing, not, not P&P proportions, not going to lie down on the couch. <laughs> again. But um, again, there's lessons here. This is a company that's well managed. I agree. Um, management's very good. Um, they have a very good product offering, um, and they invest in, in it well. It, it, it ticks a lot of boxes, except the most important box, maybe, which is um, it's incredibly competitive. And, and as Nathan says, the same way that they've disrupted the big four banks, um, there are a whole lot of fintechs now coming underneath and, and potentially disrupting them. Um, the margins in this company have actually almost, I think they've just about halved in the last five years. Um, and they were making at one stage 90% gross margins, which is extraordinary. Um, but that's come all the way down again. And I, you can probably see that reflected in the chart that margins have really popped down. It's just very competitive. There's a whole bunch of people that do this, that do it cheaper, and there's more people who are trying to do it and trying yeah. to do it cheaper. Yeah. I wouldn't play here. I think this yeah. is an, an avoid, but it, it is a well-managed company. It's actually not too expensive. I can understand if you're buying it, but it's not my job. But you talk about moats. That doesn't it doesn't really have one. Yeah. Technology. Yeah. This is what, cost of entry is. Yeah, so this tiny. is basically their bread and butter is being given away free yeah. to yeah, get another mm. customer base for a business model. So it just it just doesn't I just find it that they're gonna get squeezed on both sides. Yeah, yeah. They need to come up with a maybe another product line. Uh, there you go, Mabel. Um, our ninth stock comes from Nandu, Viva Leisure. Um, if you're in the fitness business you may go to one of their gyms. They've got a whole range of different uh, sort of branded gyms right around the country. And uh, Nathan, they would have been in a bit of trouble the last couple of months. Yeah. Uh, just reopened though, most yeah, of the gyms. This is one of Gaurav's pet hates. <laughs> they're not a gym, they're a SaaS tech business because oh. they're a data collection business. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, you're going to have to restrain me here. <laughs> yeah. I, I warn you. My head's about to fly off. <laughs> I can see the veins <laughs> yeah, popping on Um Yeah, so they pitch themselves as it's a basically. You know what? No, let me, let me get it right. It, it's fitness as a service, they call themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they collect data on people, and that's wow. the whole concept behind it. Um, there's, I have to admit, in the last probably 10 years, I have never seen more gyms open mm. in mm. every oh, corner. Right. 24 the hours a day. Yeah. And most people have this tendency to get, you know, they, they lose weight in their wallet before they actually lose weight uh, because they pay, they don't actually He go. was waiting, that's why he was late. He was, yeah. he was writing that line. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> and I had, a, I had a friend of mine at our place actually buy the stock and he told me about it. And it had this, you know, they were going to acquire. It was obvious they were going to acquire because that's the only way they could. Yeah. It's a numbers game. They're, yeah. they're pushing the data, then they have to get more data. So we knew they were going to raise money, they acquired and all that. And then... COVID came around, I said, uh, gyms, get out. <laughs> and, and it absolutely got poor lax. And then when the gyms were going to reopen, it's run right back up there. Yeah. Now, look, I am skeptical about the model um, yeah. because every man and his dog collects data now. It's mm. not about what data you can get, because I can get data, trust me. Yeah. I've been getting it for 25 years. I can get your data, just about anything. It's what you do with the data. Right? Everyone talks about the big difference is big data, deep data. Big data, you just get a lot of data, you've got to make sense out of it. You pretty much have to do PhD. And even then, you're not going to make much money out of that. Deep data is where you find the quality of the data, where you take the important ones and then you drive value from it. Will they deliver deep data? 
I doubt it. I, I think right. the, the ones that are going to deliver, it's going to be the banks, the, the transactional right. accounts, so the, the Googles, the search engines, and all of those things, they're, they're huge. Yeah. You're not going to compete in that space. Uh, they will have some value to it. Do I pay out for that? I think it sounds good, but I need to see the execution. I don't see that execution playing okay. out. Yeah, um, I, I spent about 15 seconds looking at this, and that's all I needed. I mean, all, look at all the, look, all you have to do is look at their um, financial statements. All their costs and all their revenues come from gym memberships and maintaining gyms. And yet this, they call themselves a fitness as a service. And you know, I really, this really, um, I mean, we can joke about it, but this is actually a problem in markets. You know, this is what investors need to be um, wary of. You know, when a business does one thing and tries to sell you another, when they try and pivot the story, change the narrative, because tech is where the sexiness is at the moment. Yeah. And, um, you know, all their growth has come from acquisitions. I think this, I have zero interest in this. And in fact, I think the management ought to, ought to be taking a task for just, Selling a poor story. Okay, yeah. he's, right. be, he's being nice. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the expression on his face yeah. didn't match the words. Yeah. Of that <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, mate. At Atomo Diagnostics, um, again in that health tech area, um, healthcare providers and provides diagnostic machines and tests for. Yeah, it's, look, it's it's an interesting one. Did it remind um, you of, um, what's that American business, the Bad Blood one? Um, Theranos. Yes. Did it yes. remind you of Theranos? It's <laughs> it always, look, I love tech. Yep. I'm a big fan of tech. Uh, always have been. I mean, my career is built around it. Um, but the interesting part about tech that you have to always worry is there's always someone trying to sell you the next gimmick. Yep. Now, the question is, is it a strong thematic or is this a pure gimmick? There's a decent amount of people mm. in this stock. Um, good quality um, stockholders. So, you know, that tends to tell me that the model is pretty solid, should have a look. Mm. It was, uh, I have to say, it had a pretty good run in, straight after the float and it's come off. I, I want to wait and see some execution. Now, I'm always skeptical about execution before listing because that's window dressing for the float. Yes. <laughs> you want to see actual mm. execution. It's like, you know, when the people value the, that uh, unicorn um, canvas. Yep. Canva. Canva. Canva, Canva yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, I want to see it list and actually have the, you know, put out the numbers in public domain so we can actually look through it. Yeah. Till then, I don't believe these things because maybe I'm cynical. Um, yeah, so oh, you wow. are cynical. Eh? That's <laughs> no, I, know, I know Melon Cliff quite yeah. well. <laughs> My worst decision ever three years ago, they said, oh, do you uh, want to buy into that? Uh, uh, you, uh, did, you said no. Oh, no, I had to put money into my family business. So Forget anyway. about your family. Oh, it, could, it could look. It could be the best investment, but till I see the data, yeah, yeah, you're not okay. getting my. He is too cynical. And, and, yeah, and in this one, I think it it has a lot of pieces. But I've seen a number of these that have these kind of pieces and okay. have this kind of shareholder membership mm. and then prove to be not much. Okay. So I'm waiting for the numbers. All right. Just, I think Canva is amazing. Too? It's got yeah. real hustle. I love that business. I'm Major. looking forward to buying it one day. Um, this one, I thought this was going to be laughable. I thought I had shades of Theranos, um, you know, that, that droplet blood oh, diagnostics yes. yeah, company. Yeah, I thought, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, this is going but, to be fun. But they did the book about the movie. <laughs> yeah, and the movie's yeah. coming out. Yeah. But this was a really interesting product. Um, so they've got a little device that does, um, it, it does um, diagnostics um, using blood. It was specifically developed for HIV. 
and it also mm. it gives um, a, a virus diagnos- diagnosis as well as an antibody diagnosis, and they're now expanding that um, the uh, the game and, and getting a whole host of other viruses on board using the same device. They've got an agreement with a European business to distribute, and it's mm. being used. They're not generating much in revenue, but it's an interesting idea. I stopped, however, when I saw that the CEO has been involved in a business that we haven't liked in the past, uh, Unilife, oh. which we've, uh, we won't go into it, but it's not a company we like at oh. all. I think it's, it's, oh. been a, it's now been delisted. There's lots of funny business going on that, in that company. We tried to highlight it. And, um, and you don't find it funny that someone who has potential of working in virus gets listed just that's interesting, isn't it? That's interesting. I mean, oh, maybe I'm cynical. Yeah, I think you are. Uh, but it, it is one well, of those things I just go, mm, they couldn't have listed that quickly, though. Oh, I think the, most of these things get to play out for about six to 12 months, right? And when when you got you know wind like a hurricane coming behind you, you yeah, go, Yeah, yeah. yeah time nice. to put the sails out. Why not? Yeah. Okay, I think I can't blame them. The technology looks really it, interesting, it is, it is um, interesting. But see, the thing is, yeah. I've looked at a few of these things, and the thing is, when you look at the potential market. Mm. Something like this is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's like you're going, this is Apple, right? right? It, it, I'm not saying it is, no. but I'm saying with potential. <laughs> so there's a massive market. Can they execute? So that's the risk return. You're right. willing to lose a bit of money for that woof. So is that, that classic, you put a bit in now? Look, I, I actually wouldn't do that. that. I wouldn't do that. Because we, we've, like, there, there, there are people we, we don't really want to invest in alongside. Oh, look, this is, this um, and that might a, be unfair. This is like, not, I don't an, want to, this is not yeah. what you will be investing your you know, 10% or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's one of those, if you have a small pot where you're punting on long-term growth stories, yeah. I think it's an interesting one where it has the potential to be, yeah. but it's very high risk. Okay. So you're not putting decent amount of your portfolio in. Okay. All right, mm. that's our 10 stocks. We're fast running out of time. Just to recap, uh, Vital Harvest, a no from uh, Gaurab, a hold from um, uh, from Mathan. Um, very interested in Infratil. Um, uh, Mathan said, yep, he'd be interested in it. Gaurab's going to have a watch and uh, and do more more work into it. Um, Oz4X, a no. Viva Leisure, a no. And Atomo, a no. Uh, Mathan, thank you for joining us. Good to oh, see you again. Nice and Gaurav, always to be great to have you thank in you. the Brangaroo studios here at Mosby's. Um, if you want to send through suggestions for our 10 stocks, uh, you can do so. Email them, thecall at osbiz.com.au or through Twitter. Our handle is at TV. This afternoon on the Startup Daily Show, we're joined by Chief Executive of Health Management at Wongi. Uh, she joins us to explain how the app has been able to leverage off the COVID and grow, another startup that has got that COVID thematic as, um, as Maytham tries to uh, uh, describe it and putting the sales up and getting some interest. That's at 2.40 p.m. only on Ausbiz. Stick around, The Pulse is next.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.